0: This is Base Layer brought to you by ARCA. I am your host, David Nage. This is Base Layer, where institutional investors come to learn about crypto. Welcome back to Basslayer. This is David, and this is a new episode. I was off on a hiatus for about a week. I apologize to all the listeners out there, but sometimes even a lowly little podcaster needs a break. And I'm really excited to come back. September is going to be a very busy month on Layer. We're recording about 20 new shows. And today, uh, you're going to be hearing a really special one with Janine hightower Celito and... Ryan Kim Johnson from Gemini. There's some breaking news, and they're going to be talking about some new things that they're bringing to the market, which is really exciting for institutional investors. Gemini, over the last few weeks, has been doing a lot. They've increased their footprint uh, to places like Australia and other parts of the world, They've brought in a really highly touted security expert, David D'Amato. And so Gemini is trying to really move uh, this market, and I think uh, they see a lot of interest from institutional investors for more professional services. And so this is a great show. You're going to hear about their new offering, and I think a lot of people are going to be pretty excited about it. So remember, nothing on base layer is investment advice, and so please do your own research. And on the flip side, you're going to hear the conversation with Janine and Brian. Enjoy. This is David, and this is your new episode of Bass Layer. I have a great, great show. I have Janine Hightower-Solito, and I have Brian Kim Johnson from Gemini Custody. How are you guys? Great. Good morning. So this is going to be really exciting. There's a piece of news that Gemini Trust Company is going to be talking about today. And Gemini has been in the news a lot over the last few weeks. Uh, There's been some announcements over the last two or three weeks. Moving more globally, uh, they uh, were able to move into Australia. They were able to move into Canada, South Korea, Hong Kong, Singapore, and the UK. Really going global to offer some amazing institutional and professional services to investors to try to get more into digital assets. So if you could, Janine, uh, we'll start with you. If you could just go a little bit back into your uh, into your background, uh, give us a little bit of a hot take about how you came about into the world of digital assets. And then we'll go to you, Brian, and then we'll go into what Gemini is doing, and we'll go into some of the news that you guys are going to want to talk about.
1: Sure, I'm happy to give you some of my background. Uh, I've, I've been in financial services for more than 20 years, Uh, Most recently before Gemini, I was at NASDAQ serving as the Chief Operating Officer for one of their subsidiaries uh, called the International Securities Exchange, or ISE. I spent 13 years at ISE in a variety of leadership roles, including business operations, business development, product management, and sales. Uh, And some background on ISE, and I think it's useful for the context of Gemini, is that uh, ISE was an SEC-regulated options market. We actually ran three different options exchanges and we ushered in a new era of trading for listed options in the U.S. We started as a startup in the early 2000s when options trading was Done by humans and a trading pit on a floor with paper tickets and phone calls, and we created a completely electronic trading experience for uh, for options that basically took in a number of short years uh, the market from human-based, paper-based to fully electronic. Uh, and so it, it's an interesting spot to be in because we went through the entire. Uh, life cycle of a business from being a startup to going public and being sold uh, ultimately twice, uh, ultimately to NASDAQ. Uh, and, and part of the thing that attracted me to Gemini was the ability to innovate again in the same way that we did at ISE and, and usher in a new era of money for, uh, for a global uh, customer base, uh, and bringing product, bringing services, and taking industry uh, to, to new heights. Um, and I'm looking forward to doing that as part of Gemini
2: all over again.
0: Great. And Brian? Yeah, my,
2: my background is as a software engineer. Uh, I think some of your listeners will know Audible.com uh, as a, uh, a podcast and audio content source. I started my career there, and then I moved uh, into fintech after a number of years in um, in e-commerce. Uh, worked at a, a company called Novus for uh, doing hedge fund portfolio analytics. That's sort of where I was introduced to the financial space in general. And you know, as, as they say, I um, uh, fell down the Bitcoin rabbit hole maybe uh, two years, two and a half years ago um, after a, a friend of mine who uh, was also an engineer had been uh, really pushing me to understand the uh, machine-to-machine, machine-to-machine payments aspects And some of the financial inclusion aspects. And uh, I've been with Gemini for uh, over a year now.
0: Awesome. And so, When I said that Janine and Brian were at Gemini Exchange, that is not just the whole part of it. As I mentioned, Gemini is a trust company now, and we're going to talk a little bit more about exactly what they're doing there. But if you could, Janine, maybe you can start us off. What is Gemini for the listener out there, a family office listener who is just starting to have their awakening into Bitcoin and into other digital assets? What do you provide to that institutional investor today that they might not have had maybe two or three years ago.
1: Yeah, sure. So I'll give a little uh, overview of Gemini, and then um, we can dive into some of the new things that Gemini started to offer uh, as of late. Uh, So Gemini, as as many people know, but for for the sake of all of your listeners, is a licensed New York trust company uh, where customers can buy, sell, and store their digital assets. Um, We offer a exchange platform for our customers, as well as a cold storage custody solution. Um, Our platform is built for both individuals as well as institutions. Uh, We do have services that cater to an institutional audience, but but we can offer those to individuals, uh, especially um, high-net-worth individuals as well. Um, Gemini is regulated by New York State Department of Financial Services, uh, and it's a really important thing, and it's part of our origin story for Gemini, where uh, before we ever commenced operations, before we ever started offering custody, before the exchange ever launched, we sought out a trust company license from the state of New York, Uh, and as a fiduciary under that uh, that standard, we are subject to all the capital reserve requirements, the cybersecurity requirements, and the banking compliance standards um, under New York banking law. So, it's really important in terms of sort of fundamentally understanding our business and where we've come from. Um, I'm happy to sort of get into some of the unique things that Gemini has been working on uh, as of late to service our institutional customers. Uh, we have, um, we're, we're actually about to launch our uh, uh, new enhanced feature set for our custody offering. And this is something that we've been working on for some time. We've been strategically thinking about which direction to take our custody business, uh, some of the features that our customers have been asking us for. And listening to the larger discussion going on in the crypto markets about what makes uh crypto uh, attractive to institutional customers? And what are some of the needs that aren't being met in the market today that they find as basic requirements to get involved in crypto? And that's a lot of the things that we've been working on as of late. Yeah. We have a brand new brand new feature set coming out for custody, which has some key hallmarks, which I'm happy to go over.
0: Yeah, I think that would be good. Let's talk about the news of the day, if you will. Um, you know, it, it appears that Gemini is launching a qualified custodian for crypto, and this has been something that has been the marching order, if you will, for the entire space to get institutional investors to adopt this. You know, If you can talk maybe about the evolution from, as I said, maybe two years ago, and I am sure everyone has had a little bit of a purview into kind of the dare I call it the wild west of, you know, a few years ago where we didn't have a qualified custodian. And what does that actually do for an institutional investor today that they really wanted? And why do they want that, in your opinion? Why is it so important to have a qualified custodian in this space right now?
1: Yeah, I think that question is actually pretty easy to answer. I think there's standards for any institution, that, especially ones that have outside investors, that they need a qualified custodian to store their assets. They need to be separate and distinct from uh, the holdings of the firm itself. They need to be auditable uh, and visible to um, to the customers and to their auditors. Um, and so they need someone that not only can provide those services, but that also has met all the standards uh, for being a custodian. Ourselves, we are licensed by the state of New York. I think it's really important as part of our origin story to understand that that licensing from the state of New York wasn't, wasn't by default or by accident. We didn't simply choose to go to New York because that's where um, our founders were, were close to or, or living. They chose New York because it maintains the highest standards for uh, trust companies. And, and so we, we actually, sought out uh, what would be the most rigorous framework for us to operate under, um, and that is a benefit for our customers. So so that is sort of the the, the focus of where we're at, is maintaining rigorous standards um, uh, from both the compliance side, from, as I mentioned, cybersecurity, as well as some of the banking laws that we must follow.
0: And so let's get into the intricacies here a little bit. And there's a lot to talk about and a lot to unpack And what you guys are going to be uh, you know, obviously releasing to institutional investors soon. But I think this is interesting. So this comes directly from your press release. In addition, customers can instantly trade their crypto in custody on the Gemini exchange without waiting for it to be transferred out of cold storage. Now, if anyone's listened to the podcast over the last year, Uh, We have talked about the differences between hot and cold storage, so I ask anyone who is still interested. Obviously, they can go back to past episodes, but maybe we can address this because this is interesting. Cold storage usually means that you have assets that are in an air-gapped laptop or computer, which means that it is offline effectively. Um, It is in... Some sort of bunker. I'm not saying, I'm not suggesting that you're using bunkers, but it is in some sort of military type complex that keeps assets very safe and offline. And so, this is interesting. How does this? How does this functionality work? And how does that compare to some of the competitors out there?
1: Yeah, thanks for the question. This is actually, I think, something that's really innovative and unique in the crypto sphere uh, and unique to Gemini, which we think uh, will be a real driver for customers that are looking to make their assets tradable, but not sacrifice any of the security uh, for for liquidity. Um, Because Gemini has two two separate businesses, but they fall under the same Gemini ecosystem, we can essentially uh, allow our customers to instantly trade on the balances that they hold in cold storage while they are initiating a withdrawal so that withdrawal doesn't have to completely go through. It's Uh, mechanics to, to be affected for those assets to be available to trade on the exchange. And that is really important for customers that uh, are sensing price movements and they want to be in the market as quick as possible and don't necessarily want to wait hours uh, for their assets to be moved from cold storage to any type of tradable exchange account. Uh, We have all those assets in our cold storage facility. We know they're there. We verify that they're there. So when a customer goes to make a withdrawal, they can simply move those assets to their exchange account. We will credit their exchange account for those specific assets that they're withdrawing and they can immediately become tradable for that customer.
0: So let's just, I want to make sure we have an understanding here. So does Gemini basically have to have, so if I have a hundred Bitcoin right now and let's say this is two weeks ago when you know we were in the let's say 9700 9800 and say i want to sell 25 bitcoin does that mean that gemini and it's in cold storage does that mean that gemini has to have that 25 bitcoin themselves to basically speak for it and then obviously work behind the scenes to you know transfer it out of cold storage into gemini how does that exactly work i want to make sure sure people understand that
1: yeah, it, it, I think it's a really unique feature set to Gemini. We have an exceptionally liquid hot wallet for the exchange. So we can manage those assets. And I know Brian could speak a lot more uh, to, to the mechanics of everything and we'll give him a chance to jump in in just a moment. But because we have an extreme, extremely liquid hot wallet, we're able to provide the credit to you as the customer for those 25 Bitcoin while they're in transit to come into your, your wallet, uh, your, your account on the exchange. Uh, and then the customer that you're trading with, the counterparty to your trade, doesn't need to to worry because of the liquidity in the, the hot wallet itself. Uh, they can obviously uh, have their trade instantaneously settle uh, that you're selling to them. Um, the, the only restriction is that you can't withdraw those funds until the transaction is completed. But other than that, you're you're free to continue to trade on Gemini until the withdrawal is
2: processed and
0: complete. Great. Brian, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, absolutely.
2: So I think this really, this offering is only really possible because of, um, two product offerings that, that Gemini has, just as Janine mentioned. Um, we have, we have put a a good deal of effort and, um, and years of technical work on the, the so-called hot wallet that backs the Gemini exchange. Um, we, uh, we were the first to receive insurance on that hot wallet, um, which, um, I think in the industry is is assumed to be a very difficult proposition and all of that goes to our expertise in managing online versus offline liquidity and as we have put all of that effort into the exchange we can offer this this sort of instant trade uh, Gemini instant feature to custody uh, clients because it is it falls out of our um, our existing hot wallet management strategy and our ability to respond to liquidity needs. Now, um, just as Gene mentioned from a technical perspective, uh, the funds are not moving until the, um, the, the trips to the bunker, the trips to the vault. And so, you know, customers have the, uh, the security of having their funds offline. They have the, um, the delays. Um, that are involved in that from the actual asset moves, and uh, we think all of this uh, adds to the security of the system. But for those that elect to um, do these sort of instant trades, uh, it is a um, an important feature that our clients have asked, and it's something that we are um, uh, we are very proud to offer.
0: So Gemini supports 19 cryptos for custody. It's Bitcoin, it's Ether, it's Litecoin, it's Zcash. It's BAT, it's DAI, it's Decentraland, it's Engine. For those that don't have have the type of liquidity that Bitcoin Bitcoin has, does this present any issues potentially?
1: Well, I should clarify that the assets that are available for instant trading are those that the exchange supports. So we're adding additional ERC-20s for custody support, but today we will continue to have the five products available on the exchange for trading Bitcoin, Ether, Bitcoin Cash, Litecoin, and Zcash. And those are the ones that are available for instant trading.
0: Got it. Um, And so the other thing that I thought was really interesting amongst the different things that are here, so the new interface allows customers to check balances, download account statements, initiate withdrawals, and more. Customers can also grant auditors view only access to confirm balances transactions and activity i think this is super interesting because i think this has been a problem for a lot of people is this connectivity to the legacy world if you will to the auditors and so talk to us a little bit more about how auditors can see this they can get view only access how important is that you know to institutional investors
1: I think it's incredibly important, and it's something that our customers have always asked us for and we've been able to support. But this new user interface will allow customers to really provide this access to their auditors and their risk managers on a seamless basis. Uh, We have a part of the new user interface, apart from the UI for for looking at your balances and initiating transfers and uh, creating reports as you need to, also allows for user management so institutions can create users for uh, their own auditors uh, to, to be able to get a view into the assets that they're holding in custody. I think it's, it's pretty transparent um, for uh, to, to understand why uh, institutions need this type of access. They obviously are always being held to standards by their own auditors. Uh, as um, you know, fiduciaries of their their customers, they need to make sure that those assets are safe and secure. Um, and so they need to provide this so that their customers have the confidence of where their their assets are being held.
0: So this is going to get into more kind of market and philosophical questions. But so Fidelity did a survey of over 400 investors, maybe about six months ago. I'm curious, have you been querying your customer base? What are they asking for? Are they becoming more emboldened by this rally in Bitcoin? What are you seeing? And is this, you know, I'm I'm guessing some of the new things that have happened in terms of adding to Australia and other countries to offering this new qualified custodial product. Are, Are you starting to see more institutional investors coming to you on a daily basis asking for more utility because they're getting more? interested in this overall space? I
1: think the product suite that we're launching is extremely attractive to institutional investors and whether or not they're coming from other custodians and looking at Gemini because of the new features we're offering or they're new to crypto, we're happy to be talking to all of them. We are expanding, as you mentioned, internationally, which certainly allows for customers to participate with Gemini's custody offering that was not available to them before. And so that's certainly a source of growth for us as well.
0: And so I'm curious, it seems that Schwab, I think they just came out with a release or some sort of a press release or some sort of a notice, um, you know, in the last 24, you know, 48 hours, where they say that they effectively believe that Bitcoin and other digital assets is purely speculative. And so I was curious, you know, based on the conversations that you have with your customers and your clients and your potential clients. You know, how does that, you know, what, what would you say to, you know, it being completely purely speculative? Are you seeing real pent-up demand um, for, you know, more assets to come into family offices, into other institutional investors? And, and do you disagree that this is purely speculative?
1: Yeah, I I can't really comment on anyone's individual views on whether or not cryptocurrencies are speculative or even which currencies or which projects are speculative relative to others. Uh, Everyone has to make their own uh, opinion on how they they believe the, the the projects or the tokens that they're investing in, um, you know, are viewed. Uh, you know, if, if Schwab has an opinion that it's speculative, they're certainly entitled to their opinion. Um, but I don't necessarily, um, you know, agree with that or um, you know follow that same logic. Obviously, um, you know, I've, I've joined Gemini from very traditional um, background in finance, and, mm-hmm. and this is sort of uh, you know putting the proof in the pudding of where I feel this market is headed. Um, I think it, it's got a lot of potential, but, you know, as re- with respect to particular tokens um, or particular customer strategies, I don't really want to comment on that.
0: That's fine. Um, I'm curious also, so aside from the Qualified Custodian news, you also announced about two or three weeks ago that you added a cybersecurity expert, David D'Amato, to the executive team. Can you talk a little bit more about that and the importance of David joining the team?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are continuing to build out Gemini in. Uh, in, in, in many areas and at many levels, but especially in the higher ranks for uh, cybersecurity, it, it is probably the most important job at Gemini um, in terms of securing our customers' assets as well as uh, Gemini's uh, own assets. So, so for us, having that leadership uh, and David's experience is paramount to our overall business strategy. Um, I think you've seen us add high-level talent from from many areas. Um, not just in cybersecurity, but in, in our, our, our exchange and our custody platform have been built from veterans from traditional finance uh, like Bridgewater and Goldman Sachs, uh, JP Morgan, our compliance program in particular, having been built out by um, by folks from those organizations. Uh, myself, I come from a traditional background at NASDAQ and at ISE, uh, and our CTO who heads up all of our technology offering uh, worked with me at ISE for, for more than a dozen years, uh, but after Ise was sold to NASDAQ. He went on to the New York Stock Exchange. So our entire organization is is created um, you know, by veterans of the financial services industry and technology. Um, we're looking to bring this market to the 21st century by really um, you know, supplementing our team. Uh, Dave D'Amato is a clear example of how we are looking to continue to bring on top talent in the industry.
0: Right. And so Ryan, this leads into a question for you. So UI and UX in crypto over the last few years has gotten better. You know, if you looked at UI UX two or three years ago, it was more complex. It was more pre Netscape, if you will. And so with the notion of adding more cybersecurity people at Gemini and this notion of higher security standards at Gemini and with UI and UX, can you talk to us a little bit about the kind of the state of the state of the UI UX for the, the user today? versus maybe a year ago? How have you seen that kind of improve? And has it become, you know, there's this there's this kind of narrative out there that Bitcoin and digital assets will become much more prevalent when people really don't realize that they're using a Bitcoin or a digital asset type of platform, that it's just something seamless that they're used to. that's kind of the Facebook type of, you know, kind of notion that it becomes so easy that, you know, a five-year-old can do it. Talk to us a little bit about the kind of the UI, UX and the ease of use of the kind of the platform today um, as it relates to you know people being concerned about losing their keys or losing their Bitcoin and other different other digital assets
2: absolutely I think um, you're you're certainly right to call out that uh, managing these assets is is first and foremost a, a security concern and you know certainly for the custody storage for the offline storage um, the the delivery of that solution is very much a, a partnership between security engineering and uh, and software engineering to not only set up the, the infrastructure necessary, but to set up the roles and governance which are um, are arguably more important or, or certainly on par with the level of importance. From the customer-facing perspective, you know, we think a lot about um, the self-management of keys and the ways that uh, Gemini can participate um, in any way in uh, in accelerating the ecosystem, in accelerating adoption. Um, I think maybe the biggest um, offering that we put out in that um, in that sphere was the mobile app, um, I guess at the end of at the end of last year. And you know what what this basically offers um, our clients is the ability to um, have a wallet on their phone that they can send money anywhere um, instantaneously. It will be fulfilled out of the Gemini hot wallet. Um, That is correct. Uh, And in that way, it it eliminates the need for the key recovery. Um, But we we also talk internally about other offerings that we could give in order to help funds, uh, help our our clients' needs uh, when they do have to um, transit off the exchange. I think part part of our value proposition, what we're trying to offer our customers is not having to leave the safety, security and insurance of the Gemini platform in order to do their trading. But naturally they do have needs outside of the platform, you know, um, to use, um, uh, uh to use dApps or to uh, pay merchants or, uh, carry around, carry around money in their phone. And so we, we think a lot about, um, wallet improvements or any, any way that Gemini could participate I think um that is that is one uh, nice area that um I guess at the community level uh, certainly seems to be growing and changing if you look at the UX around bitcoin wallets that exist today both for phone and desktop they are um uh, much further along than they were before and I think for the for the institutions uh the UX the user experience is um is much better in terms of you know, we offer multi-user approvals for our system. We offer um, the ability to have role-based permissioning for transfers, and all of this um, is a starts to meet the uh, the consumer needs, whether it be institutional or or individuals
0: and so i see that you guys are doing a guide to crypto custody um white paper uh which is great so there's more information more education but you're also hosting a webinar on october 7th 2019 at 12 p.m et to discuss gemini custody and the state of crypto custody which is great i think this is the more education obviously that we have for investors i'm curious you know maybe janine you can field this when you talk to customers, are they fairly well aware of the state of custody? are they do they understand the differences between hot and cold storage today? Have you seen an evolution of their understanding?
1: Customers have a differing view depending on who you're talking to. Some are incredibly well informed. Uh, many shop around and really do a lot of due diligence on the different custodians they're evaluating. Mm-hmm. Others do less, uh, and you know it doesn't necessarily correlate to the size of their holdings. But um, you know some are. are sort of um, interested in features and, you know, sort of believe what you're telling them about security. I, I imagine, you know, when they're evaluating custodians, they, they maybe have the same the same experience with other custodians where, you know, they're sort of reading the brochure and making decisions based on that. But we really encourage, and part of the webinar is really to have customers understand that they really need to do their due diligence on any custodian that they are considering. That it's really not uh, sufficient to just read their their marketing materials and say, "Oh, gee, sounds like they're doing a great job on security." They really should be understanding what the promises are, what their procedures are, what their um, what they mean by geographic distribution. Um, you know, these are all words that are sort of used amongst all the custodians. But they really mean different things depending on who you're talking to, uh, and, and that's part of the. The webinar is to really get into some of these topics and make sure people understand, first, what are the questions before really even getting to the answers? And and that's what we're hoping to educate people on uh, with that webinar.
0: That's great. And I would recommend all of my listeners to check that out. Um, We've obviously tried to address custody. We've tried to address the issues inherently in custody. But, you know, anyone who has tried to purchased Bitcoin, has tried Purchase to custody Bitcoin. Bitcoin. I've spoken to many family offices out there I understand that there is this heart palpitation where you... You know, obviously you may have a few hundred thousand and maybe a few million dollars in Bitcoin, and you don't want to put it on a USB stick. You want it to have it someplace safe and secure. And so I think a lot of people are going to be really happy to hear that there is more solutions today, especially with what Gemini is building. And so I think this is a great day for the entire space. And I thank you, Janine and Brian, for joining us on the show today. And uh, we'll make sure that everyone listens to that webinar and gets in touch with you.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Brian. Thank Thank you, Janine. For more notes from this past episode about our guest, please go to www.ar.ca slash Baselayer. Nothing stated on this podcast should be taken as investment advice, which would require a thorough assessment of each investor's personal financial profile and risk tolerance. Statements regarding past performance are not necessarily indicative of future returns. If you like what you're listening to on Base Layer, let us know. Subscribe, give us a like, or hit us up on Twitter, Arca at Arca, or myself David Nage at David J N seventy nine. Let us know, and we'd love to obviously hear from you. For additional resources to help sophisticated listeners like yourself learn about the digital asset space in the financial terms you understand, please visit www.arca for articles. Mark and commentary videos and more.